Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. It's 9.30 in 716. I'm Susan Rose. Friday morning, it's partly cloudy, 72 degrees right now in Buffalo, and we are expecting showers and thunder showers throughout the day. We'll check in with meteorologist Aaron Mankowski just a few minutes from now and see that about the timing on all of this, but it's cloudy and 72 this morning. Here's what's happening. Matt Ariza, just named this week as the Buffalo Bills starting punter, is accused in a civil lawsuit, along with two former San Diego State teammates, of gang-raping a 17-year-old girl at an off-campus party last October. The suit was filed in San Diego, where Ariza had been living. It states the teen, who was a high school student, claims she was raped by the three football players and reported it to police the next day. Attorney Carrie Armstrong talked with CBS 8 in San Diego last night. Do you expect charges, criminal charges, to be filed against Matt Ariza and these two other SDSU football players in this matter? I can't speak for the other two uh, because I think at least one of them are in a very different situation than Mr. Ariza. I can say that I don't know for sure whether charges will be filed against Mr. Ariza, but I don't think they will based on what I know right now. But obviously that could change. I can't speak for the district attorney's office. I have spoken to the deputy DA assigned to the case numerous times. Um, but I feel confident that he will never be charged in this case. And uh, finally, did he inform the NFL of the investigation before the draft? You better believe he did. So they had all the information of what was going on with him before that happened, and, and the bills proceeded to select him with the draft pick? Well, when you say all the information, um, I don't know what information the bills had at the time when they actually selected him in the draft. I do know that I have kept him up to date recently about some of the case. And uh, so they, I think they have a, at least a decent understanding of what the allegations are. That is Carrie Armstrong again, the attorney, the criminal attorney for Matt Ariza. Now, the criminal investigation is still underway, but no charges have been filed at this time. The bills in a statement said they were recently made aware of a civil complaint involving Matt from October of 2021. Due to the serious nature of the complaint, they conducted a thorough examination of the matter as this is an ongoing civil case, they say they will have no other comment at this point. The Bills are in Charlotte to play the Panthers tonight in their final preseason game. There's no word this morning on whether Ariza will play. We'll be speaking with Sal Capaccio, Bills sideline reporter, coming up live at 7.50 this morning for WGR to get the very latest on this investigation and hoping to bring you some legal analysis as well. In other news, Shea's Theater reorganizes its leadership. Michael Murphy moves from president to a role with developing a capital campaign. 
Director of Operations Robert Brunschmidt will expand his duty to include day-to-day supervision of the center's operations. WBEN's Max Ferry says... This follows complaints by employees of a toxic workplace. In light of recent allegations of a toxic work environment made against Shea's Performing Arts Center by current and former employees, the theater's board of trustees is now taking action. President of Shea's Michael Murphy is now focusing less on day-to-day oversight of operations and more on developing a capital campaign for sustainability of all Shea's entities. What is workplace toxicity? Attorney Lindy Korn explains. It has to be something that leads someone to feel they're being targeted, they're being um, degraded, humiliated, and it has to be, in order for there to be a legal consequence, it has to be uh, affecting a protected class. So if someone's just a bad manager, a bad leader, that may not be actionable under a hostile work environment theory. Korn explains that it would be beneficial for a company the size of Shea's Performing Arts to have a human resources department, not a temporary committee like one that is being implemented now. But obviously this is a start and those complaints are going to have to be addressed, I think, one by one. More coverage on workplace toxicity and allegations are made available to you on our website. Max Ferry, WBEN.com News. All right, Max, thanks. The clock ticking for the Justice Department on a deadline to release documents related to the search at former President Trump's Florida home. A federal judge gave the department until noon today to release a redacted version of the affidavit, a sealed document used to justify the FBI search at Mar-a-Lago, where 11 sets of classified documents were seized. Experts believe the public affidavit will include little meaningful information with pages of blacked outlines. Each one representing a redaction or a Uh, covering up of information that the judge himself has said uh, shouldn't be disclosed. But I don't think, of course, you're going to see the kind of information that people want to see, which is who told the Department of Justice what from the inside. Jeff Robbins is a former assistant U.S. attorney. We'll be watching for that release. Colleges have opened. And schools are not that far behind. WBEN's Brayton Wilson fills us in on whether or not the students are ready from a mental aspect. Another school year in Western New York is less than two weeks away as students and staff alike are making final preparations to return to the classroom. With classes returning to session, that will also signal the return of regular school safety drills, including the likes of fire drills, lockdowns, and stay-in-place orders to practice in the event of an actual emergency. And given the acts of violence earlier this year in both Buffalo and Uvalde, Texas, there may be an additional emphasis on schools conducting more drills to ensure the safety of its students and staff. so many different approaches that are being used in schools in order to promote safety. Overall, I think the messaging and the procedures that schools should be using is that we care about you students, we care about your safety, we are here to help promote your safety as well as helping you to learn and to learn skills, and we have many procedures in place that are designed to help further with this safety. That's the director of the Alberti Center for the Prevention of Bullying, Abuse, and School Violence at the University at Buffalo, Amanda Nickerson. So how much does certain safety drills in schools affect the anxiety levels among students 
teams, especially if there could be an uptick in drills given the recent violence? For Nickerson, her research has looked specifically at lockdown drills, and when those drills followed the best practice recommendations, students were actually less anxious and expressed more of a positive well-being. Teachers are locking the door, the students are getting out of sight and staying quiet, and the lights are turned off. So it's not using props, making people think that they're in an actual emergency, having like gunshots or teaching them to fight back. It's not some of those other permutations that we sometimes hear that people are using, but rather following the traditional sort of standard approach for lockdown drill. More from Nickerson on school safety and mental health for students is available for you online. Brayton Wilson, WBEN.com News. All right, Brayton, thank you. The Erie County Fair attendance figure is out. 1,148,079 attendees, marking a 17% increase from last year. The 183rd Erie County Fair is set to be coming up August 9th through the 20th of next year. And something that we will be watching for on Monday, NASA watch parties are planned Monday morning for the Artemis One mission, kicking off the next era of lunar exploration. NASA will launch a 322-foot rocket built to carry humans on an uncrewed test flight around the moon. And if all goes well, astronauts will then be strapping in as early as 2024. Here's NASA Administrator Bill Nelson. Space is hard and space flight is risky business. Uh, And you accept the risk and you try to prepare. All right. So Monday is the launch of the Artemis One mission. Your exclusive WBEN 7 weather forecast. You're looking at mostly cloudy skies today with scattered showers and thunder showers. Temperatures near 80 degrees for tonight. It'll be cooler with some valley fog developing. Overnight lows in the upper 50s. Tomorrow, mostly sunny, mid to upper 70s. Mostly sunny on Sunday with highs in the mid 80s. With your exclusive WBEN 7 weather forecast, I'm Chief Meteorologist Aaron Minkowski. Esther Gullius, President and CEO of EG Tax, is joining me this morning to talk about President Biden's student loan forgiveness plan. There was a lot of talk of this coming. Esther, really for some time now, we got the announcement on Wednesday. Wednesday. How, in your your understanding of it, how will it work? How will borrowers have to apply for it? Will it be automatic? What do you expect? Okay, so it's, first of all, it's tax-free on the federal, should be tax-free on the state of New York, which is good. The maximum one you can, you can do um, if you didn't qualify for a Pell Grant, grant was, uh, would be $10,000. But if your your family when you fill out the FAFSA form, has income generally between thirty and sixty thousand, and would qualify for Pell Grant, it could go up to twenty thousand dollars. Okay, um, it's only based on federal loans that the Department of Education is holding. Um, the and the other thing that's important is that student loan payments are for everybody else are suspended to the end of the year. It's supposed to be an application for student loan forgiveness at the Department of Education website. So be very careful. I was looking this morning. There's a bunch of other websites that are up there, and probably people will charge for this stuff. So be very careful that you're going to the Department of Education. The other thing is part of this thing is that student loan payments for undergraduate loans are going to be re- uh, determined with a maximum of 5% of discretionary funds that are available. So that 
that's going to go from 10% to 5%. So parents are going to go a lot lower. Uh, again, it's only uh, – oh, and the other thing that they did was the public service loan forgiveness, uh, which had been in effect for many years, but they re-upped it again. So if you're a public service employee, like you're working at the at, – a hospital or you're working for the state government or you're working as a teacher, you can, you can, if you make your payments on time for 10 years, at the end of 10 years, that student loan interest is forgiven as well. So you also, if you don't qualify for this 10 and you don't qualify for the 20, you want to make sure that you sign up for the public service loan forgiveness. And you would only qualify for the 10 and the 20 if your income's under 125,000, if you're single, 250 if you're filing a joint return. And then here's another thing that's really important. And this is based on 20 and 21 income. Well, in 1920, uh, 19, yeah, 1920, uh, 2020, excuse me, uh, a lot of the kids weren't claimed on their parents' return because of, uh, of uh, the stimulus. So many people that think they won't qualify will qualify because their kids were on their own and they certainly made less than 125000 So before you out of hand think that you don't qualify, make sure you double check because maybe you didn't claim your child in, in 2020. That's, so that's a really good point. All right. Also, where's the cutoff? Like, is a current freshman who's just arriving at school right now and taking so out a loan, are they, are they also going to be in this? No, you already had to have the debt. I mean, now this is, this is everything I'm reading, and everything that I'm reading says you, it, this is on pre-existing debt. Not future debt. Now, who knows what they're going to do in the future? But presently, this is what it's it's on previously committed student loans held, held by uh, the Department of Education. All right. Um, the administration, and you mentioned this, has been you know kicking the can on that pause button on these student loans. Do you think that the end of the year is going to be the final deadline? Well, uh, for this program, I think it will be. I mean, you, you know how government is. They can always change it next week. But right now, this is the, the plan, and I think this is what they're going to go through with this 10 and 20. Now, in the future, you know, they may extend it further or forgive, uh, forgive the, the uh, more, more loans. But right now, this is how it stands, and that's what I think people should plan on. You know, and again, this is this should be out uh, the application and it is an application should be on the Department of Education's website, according to what they say by the end of the year. OK, um, usually oh, one other thing, I, if I could say this, uh, make sure you don't assume that you don't qualify. Like if your family's income is over 250, because in 2020, you may not have claimed your child because of the of the stimulus money. So be very careful that you don't assume you don't qualify. But you know, that's a good point to bring up here too. I thought because the student is taking out the loan, why is it the parent's income that's considered? Because this is all based upon the financial aid form, FAFSA forms. So it it's, it's um, if you are, if you weren't claimed on your parents' return, then uh, and your income's under the 125. According to everything I see, you would qualify for the for the forgiveness. All right. Uh, usually, when a loan is forgiven, 
it is considered taxable, but this is you mentioned at the top here. It's tax free. Right. They're, they're, they're doing this under some emergency funding and uh, procedural agreement that the federal government entered into because of covid. I don't know. And so therefore, it's not taxable. And the states uh, would be up to the states to make it taxable. But I would be very surprised if New York State would make it taxable. But you never know. But we will let you know about that. One other thing, if I could say, the federal government, uh, the Internal Revenue Service has suspended the 5% per month underpayment penalty up to 25% for failure to file your uh, 2019 and 2020 tax return, provided you get those returns in by September the 30th. So that's a gigantic change in the tax law that just happened yesterday. Okay. Well, you've got lots of news this morning, don't you? I do. I do. But but this student loan uh, debt forgiveness is going to be quite a, a windfall for many people. What do you think it's going to do to inflation? Well, I mean, you know, everybody, you know, starting with COVID, everybody had their hand out. And, you know, I think we see now when you go to the grocery store and when you go to the pump, we're paying for it. So uh, it's it's great when it's somebody else's money. It's great when it's your student loan forgiven. But let's face it, it uh, there's a lot of people who did the right thing, worked hard, two jobs, pay down that student loan debt, and they're going to get nothing. And it makes you kind of, it begs the question, gee, is doing the right thing the wrong thing? Right. You know. Yeah. All right, Esther, great to talk with you this morning. Thank you. Thank you, Susan. Bye-bye. All right, that's Esther Goulias, the tax lady, the president and CEO of EG Tax. That's 930 in 716. We're back tomorrow with another edition from the studios of WBEN Buffalo. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 